Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. And we're going to look at four things you can always expect from God. And I'm just so thankful what the Holy Spirit spoke through with Ashley and the songs we sang today. So this is a day for you and I to leave with expectation from heaven, knowing what God means to us. We're going to talk about the power of expectation. Now, anybody here 30 and younger, probably 40 and younger, if you're 40 and younger, raise your hand. If you're 40 and younger, raise your hand. Thank God for you guys. We love you, 40 and under. Anybody 40 and above, raise your hand. Okay, so about, about balanced here, maybe a little, little bit older than you. Um, for you 40 and under, let me explain something. When it comes summertime, growing up, we got to pick our Christmas presents from the Sears and Roebuck catalog or Montgomery and Ward catalog. How many say amen? And a lot of times we'd circle in July what we wanted. We, we circled in July what we wanted for Christmas in, in December. And many times our parents would say you can pick one or two things. And, and, and you know, um, it, this is kind of the way it was done. Now with uh, Google and Amazon, you can pick something today and get it tomorrow. So a little different thing, but I want to talk about the power of expectation. I want to talk about today, what are you thinking about for tomorrow, for your life? What are you thinking about next week? What are you thinking about next month, next year? I want to talk about the power of expectation. Because the Bible says, as a man or woman thinketh, so is he. And I want to talk about what we're expecting tomorrow. Are you expecting good things tomorrow? Are you expecting bad things tomorrow? We have this week... um, the opportunity to be a blessing uh, to uh, the Caton family. Um, um, Ronnie, Bill's brother, um, he went home to be kind of suddenly uh, with the Lord, and we're going to celebrate his life and love on the Caton uh, family as, 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 as well as we can. And we're going to be a blessing unto them and also the Hewitt family later in the week. But, you know, that's partly what a church does. A church family loves, they cry, they laugh, they help people bring life in, they help people take life out. They celebrate life. That's what a family does. How many say amen? Say this with me. We're family. Under the blood of Jesus, we are one. And and God constantly wants us to understand the power of unity and the power of grace. But the power of expectation, what are you looking for? What are you looking for for the rest of your life? Are you looking for God's promises to be fulfilled? Are you looking to just to gut it out till you fall over? I've had this said to me over the years several times. I just want to leave here owing nothing, paid all my taxes, and have my casket paid for. That's not enough. How many say amen? What are you looking for? What are you expecting? I want to give you a definition of expectation. Uh, The definition of the word expectation, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. A strong belief that something is going to happen, it could be good or bad, and to be the case of what's going to happen in the future. It's also a belief that someone will and should achieve something. 
How many here have children and grandchildren, you have great desires in your heart that they will achieve something? How many is praying according to the scripture that they'll fulfill everything God has for them? How many knows that you and I can spend our life doing good stuff but not necessarily be doing God's stuff? You understand that? All good stuff's not God's stuff. There's a God element. There's good. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there's acceptable things we could even do. But there is a perfect will. There's a God will. There's a God set aside place for you and I to live and be. And once we find that in the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, we're able to fulfill what God's put into our heart. Here's some one-word definitions for the word expectation. I want you to think about what you're expecting tomorrow. Are you expecting tomorrow to feel better than you do today physically? Are you expecting tomorrow to be better financially than you are today? Are you expecting arrows and windows and directions for you to move from this place? Because whatever you're expecting, you're making room for. Years ago, before we talked about people being pregnant, we talked about them being expecting. And when a baby was coming, you either added a room or took a room that belonged to somebody else and you turned it into a room, or in some cases we shared a room. How many grew up sharing a room with a sibling? Amen. I slept with my brother till he got married, and he was 20-something, and I was, anyway, and we wasn't crazy. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Dooley's feet's a little longer than mine. It always had a, oh, we always had a ventilation under the sheets with our feet sticking up. But anyway, we talked about expectancy, so you're going to make room. If you're expecting something, you're going to make room in faith. You're going to start opening up your heart in faith to what you're expecting. You're going to start declaring it. You're going to start sharing with people. You're going to start making adjustments, taking away what was and could have been into what should and should be. And that's where faith comes in. We know that faith, hope, and love, that's the three elements of how we have to live our life. Without faith, we can't please God. Everything we do, we do through faith. We know that hope is the place... Hope is the manifestation of where we're at in expectancy until the thing physically manifests. The place of hope is a great place because the Bible says hope anchors our soul. Hope anchors our mind when hell is breaking loose in our life. Hope keeps our mind tied into our heart where Jesus lives. Then when we walk in hope, we're able to hold on until, until expectation brings the manifestation of what we're believing for. So I want to speak to you right now. If you're believing for a healing, thank God for where you're at and thank God there's more to come. How many say amen? I'm going to speak to you today that are bound by debt and you're bound by just living from check to check and you're bound by just never having enough. I'm going to speak to you for expectancy that God's more than enough, that you'll learn how to trust him, you and I, and sow our seed into kingdom purposes and we can rely on God's blessing to bring it back to us. I'm going to speak to you in the hope of healed relationships this morning, expecting God to heal what is broken. What the enemy has come in to try to separate and bring disunity. Because I'm telling you, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, it's all about unity. It's all about we instead of me. And if we take care of we, me gets taken care of. How many, how many is excited about that? Expectancy. How's your latter years looking? Are you believing the best? Are you believing just to slide by? How's your younger years looking? Are you believing that you can live and, and what God's put on the inside of you, ideas? inventions, thoughts, are you believing they can come to pass? I'm here to encourage me and you this morning that expectation is powerful. Definitions, just one word real quickly of what ex expectation means. Number one, it's a prediction. It's a prediction of what's to come. What are you predicting with your words in your walk? Number two, it's a forecast. And we're not the weather men and the weather women. We don't get paid to be right half the time. And God bless them. I got a friend that's a a retired 
meteorologist. Uh, Brooke and I do a great lady, a minister in Ohio, brilliant lady, but she was in uh, Channel 7 Dayton for years, and she laughed about getting paid for being right half the time. I'm telling you, with God, we can be right more than half the time. How many say amen? Prediction, a forecast, it's a projection. Where are you going? Where are you projecting? How are you living your life? What are you saying? Who are you hanging with? The Bible teaches us who we hang with, who we're going to come to be. Iron sharpens iron, so is the countenance of a friend. I want to hang around people that can help me go further. How many can say amen? I want to hang around friends that will correct me when I need correcting. I want to hang around people that I can help pull along. I want to learn from all. It also means hope. It also means outlook. It also means an inheritance. I want to tell you, your expectancy is tied to what you believe about your inheritance in life. And we live in a better covenant. We said, the Bible tells us that this covenant we live in is better than the former covenant. It's based on better promises. It's based on the blood of Jesus Christ. And whatever you found in the Old Testament, God will make it even better in the New Testament. How many say amen? That was based on the blood of bulls and goats and doves. This is based on the blood of Jesus Christ. And God looks at me and you, and he calls us sons and daughters. And I tell you about you, I have no problem. I had no problem asking my daddy for anything growing up. And neither did my siblings. Had no problem. He always told me, he said, get you a check or get in my britches, get whatever what you want. And I have no problem. I act like I do. I'm 65 years old. When I go off on preaching trips, sometimes Brooke gets to go with me, sometimes not. My mother will say, you might need a little money, honey. I'm 65 years old. She'll follow me out the door with a little money, honey. And you know what? I'll fuss and act like I don't want it, but sooner or later, I just let her jam it in. How many say amen? I'm telling you, God wants to jam in the blessings of heaven in your life. He wants to bless you beyond eye and imagination. And you know what? I'm, I'm telling you today, there's a power and expectation of what you're looking for. So our inheritance lines up to the expectation of what God's word says. My people perish for a lack of what? So if we don't know what to expect, we can't get ourselves ready for it. We can't get ready and expand our rooms and strengthen and lengthen our stakes and stretch out our tents so we can have more than enough to help other people. Guys, it's not just about us. It's about the people of the earth. It's about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody we, we come to. And it's not about rules and regulations. It's about a relationship with him where we change the way we live. Anybody ever had a, a son or a daughter or a grandkid? Anybody have, or, or have you ever disappointed your mom and dad? You ever done something, said something, got involved in something? How many knows God forgives us just like they forgive us? So today, we're going to be looking at the power of this and the power of expectation, and I just basically want to cover four things you can expect from God always. Four things you can expect from God always. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, verse 12. It says, for the thoughts I think about you, He's speaking to Jeremiah and to all of us are full of peace, not of evil. God's not up there with a little tote board, boy, I just can't wait to get a hold of him. I can't wait to slap her. I can't wait to smack her with a flask water. He says, my thoughts toward you are full of peace, shalom, not evil. To give you a future and an expected end, expected end, an expected end, where you're heading, where we're going to finish, what you're expected in. The word in there means reward reward matter of fact in Hebrews chapter 12 the Bible says God is a rewarder of those who diligently love and follow him how many say amen everybody say reward some of us don't feel like we're worthy to be rewarded it's not based on simply works it's based on a relationship 
How many will work extra hours, do extra things? How many will spend the midnight oil, sacrifice yourself to bless your children and to bless your grandchildren? Well, you better raise your hand because I see all of you doing it. You take away from yourself to bless your kids and your grandkids, and you should be willing to do that, to sacrifice whatever it takes. Father God sacrificed his greatest gift, Jesus Christ, to us 2,000 years ago because he wanted to get the love to us. He wanted us to understand how much he loved us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. So if you and I serve God, if we just love God, you can expect to be rewarded in this lifetime and the life to come. Life does not always come out like we expect it. Things happen, good and bad. How many had things happen in your life you didn't expect? How many had some things come at you that's not good? Tragedy, situations. How many had some good things you didn't expect? I'll speak of that just in a minute. This last week or something happened in my life that has been a very good thing. I'm blessed with a, with a wonderful helpmate, Brooke, and I'm blessed that we do ministry together, and sometimes we do it separate. I'm blessed that we have two beautiful children and a daughter-in-law. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have you guys and the other church plants. I'm blessed to have friends. Every Sunday morning, I just start getting text after text from people encouraging me, speaking to me. Just, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. But I'm telling you, once you're blessed, there's more blessings that will come your way if you expect it. If you expect it. Well, now, I've always been on the wrong end. I've always got leftovers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm thankful to eat chicken backs in God's kingdom because they're blessed. But I'm telling you, as kids growing up, we had to eat chicken backs because all the grandparents and parents got to go ahead. It developed a little bit of a mess in your head. You, you kind of thought chicken backs and, and, and uh, necks were the best things to eat. I'm telling you, when you get down in life and you start eating, you know, thighs and, and all that other stuff, how many knows it's good? But some of you, you know, you, I'm telling you, you don't have to eat chicken backs in God's kingdom. And for some of you going, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> Well, KFC's been shut down Tuesdays this week, and it throws me off kilter. Amen. <laughs> Number one, some of, some of our expectations have been met. Uh, others have been exceeded, yet others remain unmet. I want to encourage you on the unmet expectations. I want to encourage you not to be disappointed, but be appointed to courage and strength that what God promised you through His Word and by His Spirit, He'll carry out. So don't let the disappointment get ground and footage and traction in your life. I want to encourage you that God will meet our expectations in ways far beyond our understanding. So number one, four things you can always expect from Father God, the Lord Jesus, His Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit is unchanging love. Everybody say unchanging love. I mean, the songs we sing, Ashley's prophetic grace this morning, it's all about the love of God. How many's ever had a friendship go wrong? How many's had a relationship go wrong? How many's, ever had, how many's ever had a situation where somebody broke up with you? I got news for you. God ain't going to break up with you. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care how unfaithful you and I can be. He's not going to break up with you because there's no end to his love. Now, he might be disappointed in our actions. He might be disappointed in our decisions, but he's not going to break up with you. I want to encourage you today that God's love is unchanging. And yet, while we were yet sinners and had little knowledge of how much God loved us, Jesus died for us. And when we enter into a relationship with the Lord Jesus, through being born again, His love continues in our life. There will be a time in your life and in my life when relationships will hurt. And they will hurt you deeply. But I know that nothing will ever cause God to leave me, forsake me, 
or break up with me. I know no matter what happens in my life, he's going to keep loving me. Not based on my merit or my work, but based on grace, faith, hope, and love. I know that Christ will continue to love me. He created you and me. He will never forsake us or leave us. I can always expect God's love. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. We're looking at four things you can always count on God for. It says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Names off all of these scenarios. Names off all of these things. It talks about life. It talks about death. It talks about good and bad, angels and demons. It talks about the future. It talks about the present. Listen, we don't have to be afraid of the future because the God of the present is in the future. And he's already headed where we're going. He's headed where we're going. He's there with provision. He's there with purpose. He's there with grace. He's going to help you. Brooke and I are empty nesters. We don't even have a dog, and I can't find my cat. My cat left. George, I mean, George, I mean, we had a relationship. George was a male. What else was his other name? Well, we had another name for him, too. What else we call him? Norman. George and Norman. He's confused anyway. Anyway, he was a male, and he'd take little trips away. You know, sometimes a male that don't know. Anyway, he took trips away. And he'd always come back in three or four days. Man, he's been gone, he's been gone the eighth day. I go out, and I holler, and I holler, and, and I, I can't find my cat. And he, he was kind of given to me in a way, but, you know, but we're empty nesters. I'm telling you, it's a new season. I don't have to fear being an empty nester. You know, if you live in a house, if it's, if it's any if any bigger than 1,200 square feet, you can hide from your spouse for a long time. How many say amen? If you got closets, you can hide. I mean, you've got to learn how to love all over. I mean, you go, I mean, Brooke is pretty much what I married. Maybe just a few variations of pounds. There's two of me of what Brooke married. How many say amen? She could put me all over the house. But it's understanding that the love of God is never going to leave me no matter what I look like, sound like, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what season, brings me a lot of peace. How many say amen? He will never, ever leave you or I, and nothing will separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. Number two, what can we count on from Father God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the person of the Holy Spirit? Unending presence. How many here has ever been left out of something? You wasn't chosen to be on the team, or you wasn't put into this position or somebody worked, got the promotion you was left behind or you missed your ride or whatever it was or you got left out in life or got held back a year in school or you, you wasn't voted most popular, best pretty, best dressed, whatever. How many's ever been you know, least likely to succeed in a class? I'm telling you, God's unending pre presence will never leave you. It hurts to be on the outside when others are together on the inside. That's what the devil tries to do is divide and separate. He wants to cause division and schisms and all kinds of junk. But, you know, the truth is God will never leave us. He's promised that he'll be with us no matter if we're on the inside or the outside. I want to encourage you. You're on the inside with God. And you can call him Daddy, Abba Father. You can talk to him about anything in any situation. He promised he will be with us always no matter what. And in any circumstance, whether we realize it or not. And guys, we can't trust our feelings. 
We have to deal with our feelings. Our feelings will lie to us. Our feelings are not truthful. Our feelings are not the truth of what God's Word says. And we have to understand that our sufficiency is based in His sufficiency. And that means I'm going to be insufficient in a lot of areas of life. But in God, I can be totally, you can be totally dependent upon Him. We're not promised easy lives, but we can expect the presence of God in all difficulties. How many say amen? So we know that God will never leave us or forsake us. His presence is going to be there. And in Matthew 28, 20, I'll just read it to you. It says, Jesus said, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of all the ages. In other words, the age of this earth, the age of the situation and season of your life, God's never going to leave us. He saw where we're going to head into. He's walking hand in hand with us. Number three, we can know that we can always count on a glorious transformation, a change in our life. As we serve God and we walk with God, there's transformation that's ahead for us. It's called being a disciple. It's called being changed by the Word of God. It's called being molded and made by the Word of God through the Holy Spirit. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, if you want to turn there today, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it tells us how this happens. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. A lot of times in Christians, as Christians and in Christianity, we get stuck. We're the same we were five years ago, the same we were ten years ago. And some of us got stuck in our early beginning with Christ. And, and we, we're still children and babes. Paul talks about this, the apostle, many times. He said to the Corinthian church, who come behind in none of the gifts, they operated in the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. They operated in miracles. They operated in all kinds of things. But they come behind in love. And he said, I'm going to take you back and give you milk. You want to eat meat, but you can't eat meat because you're not walking in love. Guys, listen, this thing is a, a walk of love. It's a pathway of love. And that doesn't mean we get to do anything we want to do. Some people teach grace is do whatever you want to do, and then God will forgive you. God does forgive us, but we should be doing what he wants to do. If we do it right, we die daily to ourselves and say, okay, Lord, what do you have for today? I know, I know as a husband I need to be this. I know as a, a daddy this. I know as a pastor this. I know as a son this, a brother. I know these things. But what individually today do you have me to do that's going to be so anointed of the Spirit that it's going to change and transform not only my life but others? Transformation is a word that's hard to get our heads around. For it's basically a process empowered by the Holy Spirit that takes effect with our cooperation. Guys, listen. God wants us to cooperate with what he's laid out for us to be and do. You know, if you have the bumper sticker, forgive me, but if, you, and if you've had it, forgive me, but here's the truth. God is my co-pilot. No, he needs to be the pilot. No, a lot of times, like Jesus, take the wheel, Carrie Underwood. Jesus, take the wheel somewhere between Dayton and Cincinnati. How many say, remember the song? Jesus, take the wheel. He needs to have the wheel the whole time. We need to be getting directions from him. You have an individual life, but the truth is he wants us to follow him and trust him. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let's look at what it says. It says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. You realize how many people just waiting for the next big thing the world does to act like, look like, and say? You realize that we as Christians sometimes follow the trends and patterns and the ways of the world when we should be setting the trends of the world. Let me say it again. We should be, as born-again, spirit-filled, loving Jesus Christians, we should be the leaders of commerce. We should be on the seven mountains of influence, the leaders, the leaders in education, in the health field, 
the leaders in business, the leaders in arts and media. We shouldn't wait for somebody on one coast to decide to do something. We should lead. We should be the healthiest people, not out of push and we ought to, just out of grace, out of receiving our expectancy, our inheritance. We should walk in these things and, and we should lead and we should be the healthiest and wealthiest and blessed because I see this in the Old Testament. And if God says, I'm going to top the Old Testament and it's going to be by grace, wow, that's really expected. That's enlarging our tent. That's changing the way I think. That's moving from just getting by to leading the flow by. And uh, praise God, I just thank God for all that he's doing and all that's going on in our lives. How many say amen? Change the way we think. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye changed by the renewing of your mind. That's a process. That's not a one-time thing. That's a process. And that means it's over time. And I'll guarantee you this, when we get to heaven, we'll still be changing. I personally believe from some concept of Scripture that there's schools of knowledge in heaven of the things of God. I personally believe there's a whole lot of things we're going to learn in heaven. And I believe we're constantly going to be learning how to live out because the Bible says with Jesus Christ, those who are in heaven are going to come back to this earth for a thousand years. We get to come back here. We get to rule and reign back here. Isn't that exciting? Some of you here will be leaders and mayors and presidents of this and that. We'll run companies because the earth has to still be sustained. Anyway, that's another whole thing. So he says this. He says, by the transformation, by the renewing of your mind. The Amplified do, says, do not be conformed to this world age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Let me read that again. Do not be conformed. That word conform means to be squeezed under pressure. How many times have we done stuff under pressure to fit in, to look like, to want to get in the group? How many times have we allowed the pressure of this world system to shape the way we think? And it says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, this season, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be, be transformed and changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. So you may prove to yourself and for others what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight through His word for you. Man, everybody say change. Everybody say change. I'm telling you, God wants to take trouble that was brought to your life and He wants to change it into good. What the devil meant for evil, our lack of understanding, our rebellion and childhood nature, we, God wants to change that so you and I can be everything God wants us to accomplish. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this, And we all, speaking of believers, who are with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed and changed into His image with ever-increasing glory. The Bible says we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. From manifestation to manifestation through expectation that God's going to complete His Word in our lives. And it says this glory, which comes from the Lord and by His Spirit. And then lastly, we can always count on His perfect peace, presence, and we can count on His perfect glory. Our expectations are short-sighted, guys. This life on this earth is just a baby step of eternity. And we've got a long time to exist with the Lord with no end as believers. 
Because we live in a broken, fallen world, there's no escaping the pain and the sin in the earth. In Christ, however, we have a firm foundation of grace and living with and in Him in a perfect, sinless world forever. And I want to close out just to help you remind you of this, you and me today. Jesus went over 2,000 years ago in John 14. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. God's got a dwelling place for me and you in heaven. It's built to suit our needs and passions. It's built to glorify Father God, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And He's been working on a place for you to live. It's more real than here because it's eternal. He's been working on it. The writer of Hebrews wrote that the heroes of faith were looking forward to a heavenly country as we do. All the hall of fame of faith in there from Noah to Moses to Deborah, all of those people who God classified as regular people who believed in a supernatural promise in God, it says they've been looking for this country too, and it's called heaven. How many's excited about heaven? How many say amen? No pain, no sorrow, no sickness, no lack of joy, no lack of understanding. Heaven, a place where you will be with your creator and with family and friends who have gone on before you. Heaven is a wonderful place. And we need to talk about heaven. We need to talk about hell. We need to talk about choices. And I'm glad today God has given us an opportunity to follow him and make the right choice of heaven and giving our life to Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, Paul said this, No eye has ever seen, no ears have ever heard, nor mind has ever conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's promising of heaven, and that's promising of things upon this earth. And if our expectations are set on the promises of God's eternal love, His unconditional love, His constant presence, His transformation by His Holy Spirit, and an unimaginable eternity with Jesus, we will ultimately, ultimately never be and stay disappointed. I'm telling you, God has a good life ahead. He has a grace ahead. And we can start today by expecting that and living out the power of expectation that our God will fulfill everything He's put in His Word and His heart for us. How many say amen to that?